Hi, my name's Alex Bellinger, and this is Small Biz Pod on Wednesday, the 5th of April. Thank you all very much for being patient with me. Um, I've been up to my eyeballs in work, and uh, I know I haven't put out a Small Biz Pod in a little while, but um, I'm back on track. Um, just a few weeks gone by, uh, and lots of great comments to get through, so thank you all very much for that. Um, any new listeners, welcome to the show. Uh, this podcast is really about providing inspiration for entrepreneurs, to put it simply, uh, and is a mix of uh, interviews with, with real business owners facing real challenges and real successes, uh, and designed, and also a, a mixture of uh, interviews with experts as well, and uh, some interesting feedback from, from regular listeners of the show, and indeed, probably not so regular listeners of the show, but... Um, uh, feedback is, is very much appreciated and it, it kind of uh, keeps me going here. It's, uh, it, it's really good, much, really much appreciated. So, um, quite a lot to get through today and it may be that we stretch over the Small Biz Pod 30 minute, 32 minute golden rule in terms of time. Um, apologies for those who, uh, who, who have, have short commutes that don't allow them to listen for 40 minutes, but... Um, it's a really interesting subject this week and, and lots of great feedback, so I hope you'll stick with it. Uh, so let's get straight into uh, the Frapper map. Now, for those of you who are new, uh, the Frapper map is uh, a little virtual map where you can stick your pin in the map uh, to say where you are. So all Small Biz Pod listeners out there who are all around the globe um, can just make themselves known and it's it's there's a nice little community there so um, I really appreciate anyone who's uh, who's marked themselves on the small biz pod map uh, so uh, the last few weeks we we've seen Stuart Oliver who I know is um, keeping an eye on the show whilst he's uh, uh, traveling um, Chad Reese in San Diego thanks for that uh, Jeremy Gittins who looks like he's having a fantastic time by his photo on holiday, I'm sure he's not on holiday permanently, it's just natural natural sunny weather in Australia. Uh, and uh, then Steve Smart, also from Australia, and I've got a comment from him in a little while. Uh, Sean George uh, from Litchfield Planters, who is based in, uh, presumably, Litchfield in England. The Mystery Mexican uh, returns, Giovanni, um, from Aguascalientes in Mexico. And uh, if you listen to the last show, uh, he left a, a, a difficult to comprehend, largely due to the recording, not due to Giovanni, um, message on my Skype account. So, uh, but he's he sent in a comment as well. So uh, I'll come to that later too. John Attree from Livermore, um, in California. Uh, ben from Louisville. Georgette Jarvis, um, uh, who runs a hair and beauty business uh, in the UK, in Rochester. Uh, Napoleon Biggs from Hong Kong, who uh, does a lot of fantastic animation and has, has posted a really quite great little uh, animation on the, the Frapper map itself. So check out Napoleon's uh, entry there. Um, he, he finds the show useful and uh, he's, he's based in Hong Kong. Uh, David, also known as Zodust, I hope that's right, David, uh, who's a 16-year-old based in Livingston in Scotland. 
Anne-Marie McEwen, who is very definitely Scottish, but uh, is pictured on the map standing outside the French house in London, so she obviously has good taste. And I know Anne-Marie as well, met her once or twice. Um, Alexis Conglaves, or Congalves, um, from Wilton in the US. Um, and Lee Wilson from Ipswich in the UK. Uh, Katie Shellhorse from Kenesau in the US. Alexander Van Grunsen, who says, uh, great show, very inspirational. Uh, listening keeps me sane. Oh, that's, that's good to know. Uh, trying to find an entrepreneurial vibe in Italy. Uh, interesting that. I'm thinking of doing maybe an international uh, edition where I look at some of the European countries. Um, France and Italy, maybe, maybe some entrepreneurial spirit is... is is hard to find because of bureaucracy. We'll we'll see about that. And finally, on the uh, Frapper map, um, Dave from uh, Pretoria in South Africa, um, who draws my attention to the fact that smaller micro businesses are a really big issue, a talking issue in South Africa at the moment. So, um, yeah, there's quite a lot of great feedback from listeners all around the world and um, potential inspiration as well for. Uh, some topics that spread further afield in terms of uh, the, the 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 stories and the these sort of entrepreneurial cultures that that I think Small Biz Pod should should look at over the next few months. So very many very much appreciation from me to all of you guys who've who've gone to the trouble to, to sign up on the map. It really isn't that much trouble to be honest. It's quite easy. Um, so thank you very much indeed. Okay, well I'm going to move straight into the interview section of the show now and come back to listener comments at the end right well in today's edition of small biz pod there we're going to take a look at um, an issue related to finance now um, late payment is a big problem for many a small business it can be extremely frustrating but when it comes to easing up uh, cash flow um, invoice discounting or invoice finance is an, an interesting uh, potential way to uh, improve cash flow um, and indeed grow um, a business uh, potentially more rapidly. Now, uh, I'm very pleased to have on the show today Kate Sharp, who is Chief Executive of the Factors and Discounters Association, which represents um, the various organisations that offer factoring and invoice finance services to businesses of all sizes. So, Kate, welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, let's just first uh, clear up uh, a confusion. I'm sure there's a little bit of confusion in my own mind. Um, what's the difference between factoring and invoice discounting or invoice finance? Um, it, it's quite simple. Both of those products actually release finance to the business, but only one of those products, the factoring product, involves a full outsourced credit control function. So if you are going to use factoring, then the invoice finance provider or the factor will collect the debt for you. They'll advise you on the credit standing of your customers and they'll assist you with all elements of credit control. If you prefer to invoice discount, then essentially you'll still raise finance against your invoices, but you retain all the credit control facilities in-house. Yeah, okay, fine. So you have to chase, do you? You do. If you're using invoice discounting, you do your own chasing. Yeah, okay, that's fine. Um... Good. So in terms of the types of businesses that that might be able to use either of those um, two uh, forms of finance, 
Um, do you do you have to have a certain turnover? Um, do you have to be of a certain size, or is it is it potentially open to to any business that has customers and invoices? Um, you don't have to be a size. The, the criteria isn't based on size of your company. The criteria is much more based on the nature of the debt. Yeah. It, it's very important that you're selling. You're a business selling to another business. So. We can't deal with business-to-consumer yep. sales very yep, yep. easily. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, the cleaner your debt, the simpler your debt, um, and I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that, then the more suited you are to the product. And, and what I mean by clean and simple is if you're, by, if you're manufacturing and selling screws, shall we say, for example, yep. then you make your screws, you send them off, they're delivered. There's very little that can go wrong after the delivery of a screw. Yeah. On the other hand, if you're in something like construction, where you're entering into complex contracts, you're talking about things having to be surveyed mid-contract, things getting signed off, things can often go back to the supplier for more work before it actually gets paid, then that becomes a very complicated debt, and that is less suitable for invoice finance. It's not impossible, but it's less suitable. So the simpler... We like the phrase, sell and forget. If you've sold it and forgotten it, that's great for our business. (laughs) Apart from being paid, of course, yeah, which no, you, you yeah, never forget. You don't forget to pay, yeah. <laughs> no, no. Okay, fine. Um, uh, and uh, in terms of in, in terms of freeing up um, the, the the business, in terms of um, uh, freeing up cash flow, what kind of? I, I know that you, we'd be talking kind of I don't know seventy percent, eighty percent of the, the the value of invoices that that can be loaned in in advance is that right is that is that about the figure or does it vary um, considerably it, actually, it, nowadays it's high it tends to be higher than that oh really um, okay the headline rate does tend to be higher this is a hugely competitive industry now there's yep. a number of players out there they all want your business um so you'll often find that that 70 or 80 is getting pushed up nearer to 90 you'll even find companies that will do 100 percent right um so how do they make the, any money then <laughs> <laughs> well, it, they're doing 100% in terms of the amount that they'll advance you, but they are charging oh, okay, fine. for the yeah, service, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so there yeah. are fees to be paid. Yeah. And, and, and I have to say that if they're going to do 100%, it's normally because they will also do something like take um, a debenture over stock, and okay. they can do 100% on the invoices because they know they have some security in terms of stock levels yeah. that the company are maintaining as well. Okay. But, but you can get some really good um, headline rates out of uh, this industry now. So, in terms of the the the, the fees or, or the percentages that are that are often charged, and I know. I mean, I'm asking in very generic terms because, obviously, as you say, it's competitive and and, and people's fees will uh, vary. But you know, yeah. just to give a general indication to listeners of the kind of um, money they'll have to fork out for the benefit of this service, what 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 are we looking at? There's there's essentially two elements to the fee. The first element is we we call it discount. A discount fee, that's the correct term for it. Yeah. But it's, it's much the same as an interest on an overdraft. Okay. Um, that fee is based upon the amount of money that has been advanced to you. Yeah. Um, and it's, it works in exactly the same way as, as bank interest works. It's calculated on a daily basis. It's probably applied once a month. Um, and that would also be very, very similar to the rate that you would be charged by your bank for an overdraft. So... Again, those rates depend upon the nature of your company, how long you've been in business, and, and the risk that you represent. But yeah. You could go anything from sort of one basis point up to perhaps three basis points on the discount charge. Above the interest rate? 
above, above base rate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, um, oh, go on. The, the second element is the turnover fee, and that's the service charge. Now that can differ hugely because it, it differs from whether you're taking an invoice discounting facility, whereby you're outsourcing very little in terms of service, through to a factoring facility, whereby you're getting a very hands-on yeah. credit control function. Yeah. Um, and that can range from several basis points up to perhaps 3%. Yeah. And, and it depends very much on how big a job the invoice finance provider is doing for you. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're a small company but with lots and lots of customers, your average invoice value is perhaps £20 and there's thousands of them. Do you expect to pay more yeah. than if you're a company with very you know, smaller numbers of invoices, larger values and, yeah. and fewer debtors? Yeah. Um, so why, I mean, other than the, the, the advantage of... Um, particularly in terms of factoring, um, not having to deal with chasing the debt, um, why, would you, why would you go for an invoice finance solution rather than just borrowing money from the bank to cover your cash flow? Um, generally because you'll get more money. Um, okay. That's the simplest answer. Yeah. What tends to happen if you're going to your bank? When they're looking to give you funds either through a loan or through an overdraft, they will do that on the basis of no security at all, in which case the amounts they're going to lend you are really very low. Yeah. Or they will look to secure their lending to you. And they'll look to secure it in a number of ways, but one of the prime ways is through a debenture. Yeah. Now, if the bank take a debenture from you, what they do is they're looking at the balance sheet for your company and they're saying, what is there a value in your company that I could be secured by? Now, bricks and mortar apart, Let's, yeah. let's forget buildings. Yeah, what, yeah. what they've got is they've got the value of the debtors that owe you money. They've got the value of stock that's sitting in your warehouse and maybe one or two other things. But they're not managing those items. They don't understand how those items go up and they go down. And therefore, at best, they are likely to feel secure at something like 50% of yeah. the value of invoices and stock. An invoice financier, on the other hand, who's actually providing invoice facilities based on your invoices. They, they track the value of those invoices. They take statistical information from you at least once a month, maybe more often. And they understand the nature of your business and the nature of your debt collection yeah, yeah, facilities. Yeah. And on the basis of that, they feel very, very much more comfortable yeah. at figures like 80 and 90%. Yeah. And that's why. So you, you'll probably get double the money okay. through invoice finance that you will through a standard bank loan or overdraft. Yeah, interesting. Um, now, it's not a regulated sector, is it, the, the, the factoring and discounting? So um, there's a, lots of people can, can potentially set up. How do, you, how do you spot a good one? I mean, <laughs> um, <laughs> how do you know who to go with? I mean, other than the household names, like I know HSBC. You have to see a member of the factors and discounts. Well, oh, there we are. <laughs> I was giving you that for free, wasn't I, that little, that little plug? Um, how do you spot a good one? I mean, I, w I would say it, if you're going to look at using invoice finance to fund your cash flow, and, and it is a fantastic solution, um, you obviously want to play with somebody who you can feel comfortable with because it's a sort of partnership. Yeah. So I would say, if you're going to look for someone, don't, don't take up your first quote. Always take two or three quotes. Yeah. Get to know the people that you're going to be working with. Ask them some questions like, you know, what are your processes for collecting debt if you're going to take factoring? Yeah. Um, 
how, how do you, how quickly can you get payments to me? What's your process for this, that, and the other? Ask some searching questions like that and, and just get a feel for the answers. Um, the one thing that being a member of the FDA will guarantee to you is the financial standing of the customers because the criteria for joining the FDA is there's a minimum financial requirement. Yeah. So you will get some comfort from that as well. But I'd say, do, do think of this as a fairly longish or at least medium-term solution. Do feel comfortable with the players and, and, and do a bit of research and, and you'll, be, you'll be fine. Okay. Uh, Kate Sharp from the FDA, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you. Okay, so we've heard from Kate Sharp at the Factors and Discounters Association about some of the benefits of um, factoring for, for businesses of all sizes. Um, one business that, that has decided to go down the factoring route is uh, Nunu Designs. And I have with me today Joe Ashburner and Jonathan Dean from Nunu. Hello, guys. Hi, Alex. Hi, Alex. Um, first off, let them, it's actually Small Biz Pod's birthday and my wife's expecting a, a baby in only a couple of weeks. So yeah, uh, <laughs> thank you very much. Um, so you basically your your business um, produces uh, and designs, um, I suppose, baby comfort blankets. Would that be right? Um, yeah, that's that's pretty much the crux of it. Um, what what I try to do, um, I'm I'm the designer um, and um, the sort of the, the person that, that came up with the idea yeah. um, in the first place. And Jonathan's very much the the driving force financially, yeah. as it were. Um, but um, originally, I came up with an idea to when it, when a child has a, a teddy bear, for instance, it's a teddy. It, there's there's no brand involved. A teddy is an item. Yes. So we created Nunu. So and the company's called Nunu Design. The brand is Nunu, and Nunu is very much an object. Um, and that was the idea to create a brand which actually just produces Nunus. Um, and then as part of that, I developed a textile which is now patented. Okay. To 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 us, um, exclusive to us, which is a felted lambswool. Yeah. Um, and we actually make products which are new news, all different shapes and sizes, yeah. which are ultimately comfort blankets. Yeah. Yeah. That's the long version. Uh, no, no, that's no, it's 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 interesting because, um, I guess in many many business owners' minds or, or, or many people looking at, at the possibility of factoring, um, you know, your your business is. It, it's kind of not not the, the the stereotypical business that they would expect to be to be using factoring. I think you know maybe maybe a sort of manufacturer in the Midlands as an example of uh, you know heavy heavy plant or something might be might be using factoring. But um, it's you know it's 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 uh, your, yours is a good example of a, a you know that breaks a certain certain number of stereotypes. I think in terms of of, of the types of businesses that can use factoring. So are you primarily online based in terms of sales? No. Not at all. We we sell trade um, primarily. We don't have any retail um, direct retail traffic to our website. Yeah. Um, but we do sell online to customers. Um, we use it as a market research um, tool, really. Yeah. Um, I would say that as a first time business owner, as it were. Yeah. I had no idea about factoring at all. Um, and Jonathan, who's been in business for twenty five years. Yeah actually said, look, we he's the bean counter. You know, he said we need to actually manage the credit control and manage the cash flow. Yes. And we're gonna and we we actually went to um this company Ultimate Finance and yeah. talked to them and um we just 
we just asked them if they could help us and 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 they actually said well actually why not we don't you don't need to be a big yeah. multi multi million pound business you yeah. know, we can actually manage it so um so Jonathan actually yeah. kind of came up with the idea yeah what what actually happened at the time we were uh the business was purely an idea at the time we were producing very few comfort blankets yeah and um we put a business plan together to expand the business and we realized that the money we could raise wouldn't finance it long term yeah um bearing in mind that we wanted to sell to retailers who w- wanted credit terms yes absolutely. um so we um uh, I approached a friend of mine, and he suggested factoring. Yeah. Now, I'd, I'd always heard bad reports about factoring, but he thought it was a good idea. A lot of the banks are now looking to companies uh, to raise finance through their invoice. Yeah, they are, yeah. Um, and so I, I took uh, my friend's ideas on board, and I did some research online. And I actually came up with a consultant online and I actually spoke to him and we ended up with two small finance companies mm-hmm. and it was a toss up between which, which one we went to. Yeah. He, he recommended both highly. Um, and, uh, I interviewed each company personally. Yeah. Uh, to see what they were offering. I found out exactly what my costs were going to be, mm-hmm. what service they would offer and how it would benefit company yeah uh, one of my biggest concerns was um setting up a new business was the administering the the, the credit control yeah absolutely um at, at the end of the day i have my own business to run uh joe was working on her own we can't be chasing money no no we, absolutely yeah um so the the attraction of having a company that would finance your invoices and chase the money yeah um by the time I'd done my calculations, I thought it was very reasonably priced. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I mean, as you, uh, uh, we were we were discussing just before, just before you sort of came on air, so to speak, um, that you know anything that can that can can save um, a, a startup uh, time, so that it can actually go out there and, and win the business, actually, you know, and and, and get on with running the business. Uh, has got to have some value, hasn't it? You know, the other thing is, Alex, is that um, I, I'm staggered as now that, of course, um, having been completely naive about it in the first place, I now yeah. feel very confident about um, the factoring side of things. Yeah. Um, and that I'm staggered by the fact that I would say 95% of the people I talk to, um, be they are trade accounts or people that we meet at trade fairs, they haven't got a clue what it means. Yeah, yeah. So, and they feel threatened by it. They think it's some kind of, when we say, oh, Ultimate Finance actually takes over our 30-day net account, yeah. and they will be managing it. It's a kind of collection service. They manage our credit control. Yeah. They're kind of like, oh, you know, that's kind of almost like a, it's a debt collection. Yeah, yeah. But it's not yeah, like that at all. Yeah. There's a complete misconception yeah. about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. No, um, no, and I would actually, once I've explained it to people, I've now got it down to fine art, you know, the spiel. Yeah, <laughs> I, I explain yeah. it to them and I say, look, I look at, oh my God, it's so, that's so cool. I'm going to try and look at it and I give them the name of the company and, and I, you know, I don't know what happens subsequently, but, um, yeah. Sounds you know, like you I'm should sure. be on commission, Joe. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> but no, I mean, we, we, you know, we're small, um, you know, and we just, there's no frills. 
but we work hard and we because we're not sort of frivolous and, and we're, we're, we're good at, at managing the administration which as we know is takes up a massive part of every kind of business day yeah um something like factoring um, and also choosing for the proper online payment service and yeah. the proper account, you know, book everything, every detail counts. But ultimate finance is part of that, is part of that team. Yeah, yeah. Um, and as I have to say that from day one, they haven't let us down. And I know that sounds like a really good, um, sort of cheesy PR thing, but really <laughs> from day one, they haven't let us down. From well, the I day mean, they came, yeah. they didn't patronize us. They yeah. didn't say, uh, actually, you're too small. Yeah, which is what banks do. Yeah, they yeah, go, yeah. Well, actually, it's not a proven pudding. You know, I, we don't want to. And if the guy's had an argument with his wife that morning and comes into work and he's like, "I'm not going to lend any money to anyone else today," <laughs> yeah. you know, I find that I find the big banks are really professional, are really unprofessional. But there's these people that actually they came in, they took the time, they actually talked through everything, and they didn't patronise us, and yeah. that's why it worked. Yeah, I mean, I think quite often when when you're looking at suppliers, smaller suppliers, um, as long as you judge them to be professional and 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 able to do a good job, are often a hell of a lot more sympathetic uh, to to smaller businesses. Obviously, yeah, there's, there's a there's a, money at stake. Yeah, you know, yeah. but I mean, obviously for them it's a bigger risk because they're not as big as 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 a as a big international multi-billion-pound corporation. But they they're the ones taking the risk. Yeah, absolutely. So they're the ones that, you know, that are part of the team because you've got to have cornerstones in a business and yeah. they're one of them yeah. for us. Yeah. Now, um, one of the things, obviously, that you do need to demonstrate to to either a factor or an invoice discounter is uh, the, the 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 volume of orders, as it were, the, the, the invoices that are out there which uh, influence how they then judge how much they're going to advance to you. Um. How did you, how, you know, how did you go about the sales process? Um, you know, how, how how did you get those orders in? Well, with a new difficult, uh, new business. Sorry, it's quite difficult to uh, predict the volume of invoices that yeah. you're going to produce um, and the value. But we we had to make a guess, as with all business plans. It's a, it's quite a bit of guesswork. Yeah. Um, our main sales drive was done through trade shows. Yeah. marking to the gift sector and to the baby and child sector. Mm-hmm. Um, and Joe's driven that forward. Uh, also, the very much the PR side, you know, PR is really important. And we yeah. started doing the PR six months really before the company really went into production. Um, and also, you know, I've won some awards yeah. um, and all this kind of stuff drives it forward. Definitely. And it builds confidence, it's confidence in the name and the customer confidence in us as business people, you know, yes. that we're actually offering a service that's valuable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so anyway, going back to the uh, the invoicing side of it and the value of those invoices, with a new business, it's quite difficult. Uh, but with an existing business, you know, you've got some history to work with. Indeed. And if you're a growing business um, and you're looking for finance, I would I would say to anybody to look at you historically what you've been doing and you can fairly accurately predict where your growth is going to be and go ahead and factor those invoices. Yeah. But I would also suggest you've got to look, make sure you know exactly what those costs are going to be and that you've got the margins within that business to absorb that, that percentage of 
um, of your profit. Yeah, absolutely. Against yeah. that, but on on the on on the plus side, you will be able to uh, reduce your cost of. of credit control, having people sitting there chasing the money. Yeah. The other thing is also that we have completely self-financed this business. We haven't had any outside investment to date. Yeah. And, um, so actually, that was another plus point as far as you know the, 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 the choice between going to a bank and they're like, well, where's the collateral coming from mm-hmm. to do this? Mm-hmm. And then you go to ask about financing because Yes, yeah, just like just like you're selling a product, you sell an idea to a company, and they're prepared to actually come on board with you, and, yeah. and that really that counts for a lot in this day and age. Yeah, people absolutely. are so kind of you know such a, a nanny environment, and people are actually prepared to really, yeah, this is going to work, and um, yeah, we're going to come on board, and yeah, we're going to help you, and and that's that's great. Now, um, really, yeah. I I know that you guys are are, are growing quite rapidly um and um you know there's a lot of demand for your for for, for your uh products out there um what what's the what's the, what's the future hold joe in terms of um building the business and in terms of financing that growth well we we launched the company on the 9th of october at the baby and product chart what, last year well yeah but yeah literally in oh right okay fine i hadn't um, realized and we now have over 200 trade accounts worldwide fantastic i mean literally we're selling in dubai australia sweden oh, italy brilliant um these states big time yeah gone into some big house stores um we're talking to big companies here but we we know we're very much talked to people are starting their own businesses up because they they see that they want to provide something they want to provide products um that are slightly different yeah as, you know because i think i think there's definitely a change in trend um um, but also established companies too. And so we, we deal with small and big companies. So we've got, you know, Tax Shemaya in New York, but then we've got a little company who's just set up in the high street down the road from us and she's yeah. got a tiny little shop. So yeah. this was important for us. So, um, at the moment we, um, we have, we've grown so fast actually, we just didn't realize it was going to be this <laughs> good. Yeah. Um, we're worn out from having done over, over a dozen trade fairs. Um, yeah. Again, worldwide. I mean, as far as cash flow for us is concerned, you know, we all our expenses really have have all our money's gone out on on um, getting the product made and getting ourselves out there. So, yeah, make, yeah. making sure people are aware that we're there. The trade fairs are a very expensive necessity. Yeah. Moving forward, um, you know, I've as a, as the design element of the company, we've um, I've, I've I've relinquished few of the responsibilities we've taken on staff to run the administration side yes. of things and what have you but i've got products i've been asked by several big names um to actually produce new new products yeah for them exclusively i've been um i've been asked to supply for instance in in, in germany alone there's, there's, a, there's a one company that has 600 outlets and they want us to produce Gosh, something right. for them. yeah but none of this can happen without a cash injection yeah Again, being sort of on the arty side as opposed to the business side, I'm not driven by the money as much as, as, as perhaps I should be, but I know that we need to get some added value. Yes. So we need, we do need to get an investor. Yeah. But someone who's actually going to contribute and help the company grow, it's not about the money necessarily. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. But I'm hoping that because we've actually put some really good sort of cornerstones 
in place like the factoring that someone coming on board will see that we are really committed and that we're really yeah, done absolutely. our homework that we're not winging it you know no no well i mean that just just huge the potential yeah even on the fabric alone you know the fab the fact is that this fabric is exclusive to us it's patented yeah. and and the well the possibilities are endless yeah as, as the old thing goes <laughs> okay um so uh, and i i personally want to go into the studio and start churning out ideas for for big name companies that actually want to commission me but i'm like well i don't even want to talk to you at the moment because i i'm not in a position to even think about designing something for you yeah yeah if we had a cash injection it would actually help things enormously yeah okay uh well joe um and um, Jonathan, thank you very much Thanks, indeed. Um, it's been good, good talking to you, and, and, and fascinating actually to, to, to hear your, your 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 experiences of of both the financing, but also the business as well, which seems to seems to seems to have grown phenomenally. Yeah, it has, and long may it continue. Good. Yeah. Well, I hope you hope you come up with an investor. Yeah, me too. <laughs> thank you, Alex. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks Jonathan. Bye. Bye. Okay, so I think that was a, an interesting insight into uh, the potential benefits and uses of uh, factoring or invoice discounting for, uh, particularly you know smaller businesses, startup, uh, who may find other forms of financing uh, difficult. But uh, Nunu Designs obviously got a good um, array of uh, invoices out there, got a good array of sales, so uh, a useful way of generating some some cash in order to grow the business as rapidly as they've done. Now, on to some comments. Uh, first off, uh, we'll move to comments on the blog. I mean, I really do appreciate comments. You can send them to me at alex at smallbizpod.co.uk or you can leave a comment on the Small Biz Pod blog. Uh, on the little comments button at the end of each uh, show post or show notes. Um, I've been away a little, so I had a, a comment from T, which just simply says, are you on holiday? Come back. Well, I'm back. So there you are. Sadly, I haven't been on holiday, and uh, hopefully I will be uh, in the not-too-distant future. So, But I'll, I will definitely let you know if, I, if I'm heading off into uh, sunny uh, climbs at any point in the near future. I also had, again, on the um, Small Biz Pod blog, a very interesting email from um, one of our Australian listeners, Stephen Smart, who I mentioned earlier. Uh, he says, I run a small business in Perth, Western Australia. I've started listening to your podcast recently and appreciate the hard work you're putting into the show. Uh, in a previous episode, you discussed the difficulties that podcast producers such as yourself have with maintaining uh, editor self-editorial standards um, the first point I wish to make which hopefully you already appreciate is that just because someone calls themselves an entrepreneur doesn't mean that they actually are one uh, there is a long uh, there is a long uh, way between saying and doing I personally aspire to that level and I do run a business with a turnover of over three million dollars a year but I don't think I'm there yet and would hardly make the claim hopefully one day uh, well, that's interesting. Uh, entrepreneurship is, I, I agree with you, Stephen, quite a loosely banded around term. And it, uh, it, I'd be very interested to hear listeners' views. I mean, if you want to send in an email or send in an audio comment to let me know what your definition of entrepreneurship is, how, how, how do you describe an entrepreneur? 
entrepreneur rather than a, a small business owner? If I start up a small business, am I an entrepreneur automatically? What is it that defines the entrepreneur and the entrepreneurial spirit? Um, do drop me a line and let me know. It interest, could be an interesting debate, that one. So if you have any thoughts on that subject, um, do send an email to alex at smallbizpod.co.uk. Um, Stephen goes on to say, the second is a cautionary note about interviewing people. Um, During the interview with a Russian woman who was marketing manufactured diamonds, she made several assertions which are just total rubbish. So says Stephen, uh, manufactured diamonds have been around for a long time, the main problem being that they are not of the same quality, hence the colour, which she claimed made them even more valuable. Also, the idea that you can store the DNA of yourself, your loved one or your pet in a diamond is spurious. If you did heat up DNA into a diamond crystal structure to 6,000 degrees centigrade and pressurise it to 100 atmospheres, all you would have is a few atoms from the original person, hardly the DNA of the person involved. Uh, This brings up the legal issue of puffery, being enthusiastic about your product, versus misleading information being used in marketing communications. The person you interview crossed the line on at least two occasions, in my opinion. I just wanted to make these points as hopefully a useful reference point when you are judging content for your show. In the long run, your podcasts are going to continue to grow an audience because of good information and editorial standards. Fortunately, you get it right far more often than not keep up the good work and i'm definitely going to be a long-term listener of your show um so thanks Stephen. i mean that kind of really constructive criticism is really valuable um i i know there was a certain amount of shock in my voice uh, when i'm surprised at least when i was talking to the um the woman from uh, the russian diamond man you're talking about the russian diamond manufacturer um i did check out the business later um and you know, it was just a legit business. Um, I agree, perhaps there was a little bit of hype um, in her particular description. But, uh, you know, the, the, the crystals may not be, uh, diamonds may not be rarer because of a, a, a different colour. But we'll, you know, um, I, I see where you're coming from. And um, I do try and uh, weed out bullshit, <laughs> as I said on my uh, response on the blog. So, uh, f- uh, Thanks very much, Steve, for that, and I, I do appreciate your support and also your your your, your feedback exactly like that because it, it does help um, ensure that I keep on the ball and uh, keep standards high, which uh, I hope I do, as you point out most of the time. Now, uh, let's move on to some email comments. I had an email comment from uh, Crystal who is a co-owner of a Canadian company called Fire and Fuel. Um, she says, I've been listening to Small Business Pod uh, since last year and I've been trying to resist writing this email, but you, haven't given, you have given me no choice, Alex. With each eagerly awaited podcast, I find myself growing more and more uneasy. The more I listen to your podcast, the more unsettled I become. Sounds like it's going to be bad, doesn't it? Sounds like it's going to be bad. But then she, Crystal then goes into um, some very nice compliments about the show. Um, and uh, asking me to see if I can find more time to basically produce more small biz pods. Well, I agree. I would love more time to produce more small biz pods, um, and I will. Uh, I'm making some efforts to 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 well, not to free up some time, but to rearrange my time a little bit so that I can be produce more regularly. Um, uh, some 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 great episodes for you. So um, thank you very much, Crystal, for your encouragement there. Um, I also had uh, an interesting email from Bob Cartwright, um, who was 
uh, giving some good constructive criticism on the website and also the, the community pages are, are linked to the, the Frapper map. Uh, now, I hadn't really, to be honest, realised that there was a forum linked to uh, the Frapper Map site. So um, thanks, uh, Bob, for drawing my attention to something on my own site, which is good. Um, and uh, thank you for also for your other comments, which have, uh, I'm, I've taken on board and uh, I think were useful in terms of the way uh, the site is presented. And uh, uh, thank you very much for your, for your feedback there. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, ah, yeah, Giovanni um, says, Sorry about the Skype voicemail with terrible quality. It wasn't me. I don't know what happened. Anyways, uh, my name is Giovanni and I live in Aguascalientes, a small, uh, for Mexican standards, one million people town located 500 kilometers away from Mexico City. Uh, and he says he's, he's put his Frapper map pin in the map, and indeed he has. Um, just wanted to say hi and let you know that your show inspires me on how businesses uh, work in the UK. Even though I studied for six months in London five years ago, when we Mexicans think of European or North American businesses, we usually think of huge zillion euro transnational corporations like P&O or GE. And it's always refreshing to hear successful stories about people starting from scratch. Uh, some Argentinian friends and I have started a business almost one year now on design that specializes on providing product design solutions for Mexican, North American, European companies. We work from both countries, uh, being of course hardcore users of Skype, MSN Messenger and other communications tools. Uh, so far we're doing well, um, but we're planning to ask for a $60,000 credit to buy some rapid prototyping machines. Uh, wish us luck and keep up the excellent work. I uh, look forward to seeing, hearing you around. Well, Giovanni Salinas um, from Interloft, thank you very much indeed for that. Um, good to hear from you. And um, yeah, I definitely wish you luck with your your search for uh, funding for your rapid prototyping machines. And good luck with the business. And keep tuned because uh, I really do appreciate feedback from um, all quarters. Uh, quick one, um, Gifty Enright, who I met at a book launch uh, recently, uh, is holding a, uh, a seminar for people in uh, the Hertfordshire, London area, uh, which I'm going to be podcasting from. Uh, there'll be the Shadow Small Business Minister will be there, and I've got lined up an interview with him. Um, Gifty's uh, seminar is on... Um, basically explores how to sort of unlock hidden profits within your business um, and it's taking place at, at 6.30pm on Thursday the 20th of April uh, Sopwell House Hotel in St Albans I believe, that's where I'm heading so uh, if any of you guys want to come along uh, if there are any local Small Biz Pod listeners there, uh, it'd be great to meet up with you uh, I'm planning on interviewing a few people who are attending the event too so, yeah, uh, check out the link on the show notes if you are likely to be able to make it, and maybe we can hook up. So, that's that. Um, Simon Davis, uh, thank you very much, Simon, emailed me and said, I found you a couple of weeks ago completely by chance and, and have enjoyed all 24 of your podcasts so far. The standard has been consistently high. So, uh, that is 24 in a row in a couple of weeks is very impressive work, Simon. Thank you for that. I've listened to a number of other podcasters and so far I can only say I've only been truly engaged by three shows. Uh, the Daily Source Code, 
<clears throat> because this guy lives one hell of an interesting life. Ricky Gervais, because it usually raises a smile. And Small Biz Pod, because your subject matter is very relevant to me and your style is excellent. Any chance of recording the show at least once per week? I, and I imagine a fair proportion of your listeners, would happily pay to receive it. Um, I run a small business in the Northwest, providing audio, video and web services for retailers. But I'm also um, a voiceover artist too, uh, currently on a couple of national and lots of regional campaigns. I'd happily provide a couple of audio imaging voiceovers for free uh, to Small Biz Pod. Um, so do let me know. I look forward to hearing from you. And um, thank you so much, Simon, for that and the, the offer of... Uh, Give me a bit of an audio ident. I might well take you up on that for Small Biz Pod. Um, and to be held in the, the Small Biz Pod in the same breath as the Daily Source Code and Ricky Gervais, all I can say is I wish I had the 5 million listeners that Ricky Gervais got. But anyway, I'd really appreciate all those of you who are out there. And um, yeah, another call for more regular podcasts. Now, uh, moving on, Matthew Harwood. Matthew writes, um, first I would like to congratulate you on the podcast, but it's the show I've been looking for for quite a long time. As a small business owner, I find any advice and discussions about company ownership indispensable. Just thought I would share with your listeners some points that I've learned along the way. Uh, there are no failures in life or business life, just results. Putting your mind to the task at hand and focusing on the result you want to end up with will double the chances of it happening, if not more. I would advise any persons wishing to start up a business to think carefully and plan, but don't just plan, act. No, I don't necessarily mean the Sage software. Um, you can spend all the time in the world planning, but if you never put the plan into practice and enforce those plans with determination, you will be disappointed. Take any piece of advice, guidance and help with both hands, but also look at it objectively and do what you feel is right. Follow your own vision, not anyone else's. Not, not anyone else's. Um, just thought I'd share a few points to give something back to a world which has given me such excitement as a director. Many thanks for your time, and I look forward to hearing a reply if possible. Uh, take care and all the best, Matthew Harwood. So, Matthew, very many thanks for that. Um, you raise some interesting points and they really ring true with me. I think acting, actually getting out there and doing stuff and determination and passion are absolutely key uh, to success in business, whether you're running a small business or, or, or you know, a, a multinational corporate, really. I think the same principles apply. So uh, really valuable um, thoughts there, and thank you, Matthew, for that. And if anyone else has some thoughts, either on the entrepreneurial definition, as it were, what makes an entrepreneurial spirit, what makes an entrepreneur, um, or thoughts on other key elements that can bring success to you or your business in the same way as Matthew's offered, then do please um, give uh, send me an email. Uh, one quick plug for a podcast sophie barth who's director of communications at fundinguniverse.com which runs a podcast sent me an email to say would you mind plugging a podcast and of course i don't mind plugging a podcast uh, i'm a big fan as you know of podcasts and it's a uh, fundinguniverse.com kind of matches in the u.s angel investors and entrepreneurs and there's a podcast series um on that topic so i'll put a link in the show notes and thanks for your email sophie and uh, although I've not listened to the show, um, do go over there and, and check it out. Let me know what you think. So that 
is just about it. Other than to say one final thing, uh, thanks to Guy Kingston, who runs another UK podcast for business called Mind Your Own Business, who interviewed me about um, small business and PR. Uh, so I, I'll be appearing on another podcast near you soon. Right. Uh, I'm really sorry. This has been a mammoth show. There's been a lot of feedback. Um, interviews uh, were interesting and I didn't want to edit them down too far. So let's finally move on to my choice of music for this week. And the track is called London Chainsaw Massacre and it's by Red Zone. And it's a hearty piece of drum and bass. I'm not sure about this. 